And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 101. Not sure if there's going to be a 102, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, Brittany wants to hear my thoughts on a post that gained a lot of attention in one of her Cheer Mom Facebook pages, and I'm telling you, I go off on a rant. We also have our question of the week about is it better to compete at smaller events and win or bigger events with a smaller chance of winning, and then we wrap up the show by me asking Brittany to reflect on these last 100 episodes as I did in episode number 99. If it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. You literally have a hundred other episodes to catch up on, but so that you don't miss out on any more, be sure to subscribe. We're on Spotify, we're on YouTube, we're on Apple Podcasts, and we're on Google Podcasts. So again, be sure to subscribe. For everyone else, be sure to follow us on Instagram and on TikTok where we post clips from the show and also do a lot of other fun videos and other giveaways there as well. So like I said, we do giveaways here on the podcast, but we also do separate giveaways on our social media. So be sure to follow Jason C. Larkins on TikTok and the Let's Talk Cheer podcast on IG. Shout out to my mother, Sheila, Claire, Sarah, Robin, Adriana, Chanel, Tamara, myself, my not-so-mysterious supporter, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate Michelle, Mike, the lean, mean coaching machine, Heidi, Adam, and our two newest supporters, Jasmine and Casey. If you want to be added to the Cool Kids list, you can financially support the show for as little as 99 cents a month by clicking the link in the show notes link in the description. And for those looking for the best free way to support the podcast, all you have to do is share the podcast. Send it to a friend. Send it to another coach. Guys, send it to a friend. Send it to another coach. Do it right now. Or you can post it on your social media. And by posting it on your social media, you're entered to win a free coaches training with me. All you have to do is take a screenshot of an episode of the podcast, post that on your Instagram story, and tag our Instagram in the post. That's it. Share it on your story. Tag the Let's Talk Cheer podcast in the post, and you are entered to win. The winner will be announced in episode 105. The more shares, the more entries. Someone is going to win. Why not you? I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a cheer mom who represents all you parent listeners out there. Don't be less when you can be more. Yo, me and B have already been talking for quite a bit, but now we got to do the whole now we're recording. So, B, how have you been? <laughs> Uh, I've been good. Um, I, you know, we're preparing for Nashville. So like you guys as coaches, you know, you guys are 
getting those routines like cleaned up and everything like that. But somehow I got like thrown in to making swag bags for one of the girls' teams, which I didn't really get thrown into it. Like I kind of like was like, I'll make sweatshirts because I kind of do that stuff on the side. And then mm-hmm. my like creative juices started flowing. So I was like, oh, I want to make these and that and this and all these things. So I finally like sat down and like got most of that like done. And fun fact, I'm going to do the rest of it today. So, you know, go. just preparing for this competition. Um, we had so much fun last year. So just getting ready for that. Other than that, just been slaying nails. Yeah, man. There we go. Hey, book a, book a time with, with B. Get your nails done. Let's go. Even your boy's going to book a time so I can get my cuticles cuticles right. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> before the summit, I can't go to the summit looking crazy. So, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for Nashville. Brendan was just in and, you know, redid the routines basically right so he came in and there's you know there's things that we look at throughout the season and it we were like oh we gotta fix that oh we gotta fix that right and i just been taking notes on everything that needs to get fixed and ashley and i will talk or josh and i will talk whoever and we're just like okay we need to make sure we get this taken care of so you know i sent brendan the longest email like the longest and it, it literally ended up being a six-page PDF. And some of it was like, I just decided to put stuff on its own page. So it wasn't like a full six pages. But I mean, it was, like when you open it up, you're like, oh, this is six pages long. But I just wrote out everything that we needed to attack. And it's between three teams. So it's not like it was for one team. And I just wrote down everything that we needed to attack um, during Summit Choreo. And so... He did a great job. Like these routines look good. A lot of really good stuff. So I'm really happy with what he was able to do. So hopefully, um, you know, these changes put us in a great position um, for one up. And then obviously as we head to the summit. So I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to one up. Got a lot of good friends are going to be out there. One just reached out to me yesterday. He was like, hey, I saw that you guys were on the list. Let's meet up. So a lot of like old friends that I haven't seen in a while. So I'm, I'm excited for one up and I'm ready to make this happen. Like, let's let's go. Let's get it. And um, yeah. So anyway, B, um, let's get into let's get into what's popping with the parents. Now, we haven't done this segment in a while. So this is when Brittany sees something on one of her facebook pages and she's like man this is something that we've got to talk about on the podcast we gotta get jason's perspective on on just think just on the crazy things cheer parents say online so b you had one let's um let, let's hear what the, these parents are talking about yeah okay so funny thing is i saw this on one of the parents pages and then like a day or two days later I had a mom reach out to me on Facebook and was like, please bring this up on the podcast. So I was like, oh, great minds think alike. Yes, we will be talking about it. So um, this was from an anonymous person and it said, varsity scoring needs to be investigated, maybe even added to their lawsuit. We have been to several different varsity competitions this season. We have done the same routine and have had scores ranging from an 86 to a 96. I understand some fluctuations for technique, but this is ridiculous. This weekend, we all of a sudden 
have a legality in our routine and no one has mentioned it before either. I call BS. Scores are very clearly based on personal relationships and padded pockets. There should be consistency across the board and clearly more judges training. Depending on the region of the competition, you can almost guess who will win, not by skill, but by gym owners' connections. Stop allowing gym owners to sponsor varsity events behind the scenes. Mandate unbiased judging panels and be consistent. The blatant level of greed and fraud is sickening. So that was pretty long. Oh, um, <laughs> I wanted to paraphrase a little bit, but you know, the last couple of sentences in that post, I was like, oh, this needs to be brought up. So yeah. Can you give us No, there's just so much. It? There's just so much. So here's what we're do. You you keep reading or read it again, and I'm just gonna yell stop. And I'm just gonna go. We're talking about that right there. So we we'll because there's so much to unpack in that post, and it's just you know, there's just so much to unpack with that post. So go ahead, just read from the beginning. I'm gonna yell stop, and then we'll we'll just talk about whatever sentence you just read. Okay. So, varsity scoring needs to be investigated, maybe even added to their lawsuit. We have been to several different varsity competitions this season. We have done the same routine and have scores ranging from 86 to 96. I understand Stop. some fluctuations. <laughs> cut. cut. 86 to 96. Guys. 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 Stop it. Stop it. Okay. All right, here we go. 86 to 96. Um a nine just just general context. A 96 is a pretty good score. It's a decent score. It really it's a decent score. You probably won't win the summit with it. Um but you'll win a good amount of competitions with a 96. You'll win a handful, right? You know, depending on what region you're in, who you're competing, you know, your division and all those things, but you will win some competitions with a 96, hundred percent. You are not winning anything with an 86. You're not winning anything with an 86. So it's just hard for me to believe that this team is going from winning competitions, a team that could, Easily compete top three at most events that they go to. I'm not saying at NCA or like some of the like really, really big events, but they're going to be a top three team at at some of these competitions. Again, depends on what region they're in. Uh, but 86, no matter what region you're in, you're not winning a thing, right? So those are like two different teams. Like I was, I was mad a couple years ago. Oh, it was last year, right? We had a 95. We had the highest score of the competition. We had like a 95-5, and then we dropped to like a 93-whatever, right? That was a huge – that's a huge drop. And I go, man, we did the same routine. But although I was very upset with the, the scores, I can see – I can make a logical connection how we dropped from a 95 to a 93. It, it, it's not that – even though it is a really big swing, it's not that big of a swing where it's like inconceivable – for that to happen, it is inconceivable that a team can hit routines and be a 96 at one competition and 86 at another competition. Now, I'm going to take this parent at their word that they did have a 96 something at one competition, 86 something at another competition. 
but they he one of those routines they did not perform well another routine they did perform well so before we um when i originally saw this there was something really bothering me about that 86 and i'm like an 86 that's just it's impossibly low it's like impossibly low to get an 86 so i decided to do some math and i did some math b and here were my results if you If you get, if they just take off, if you get a 0.3, they take off 0.3, uh, just well, one driver in each category, right? So in stunting, um, you know, they take off a 0.1 in top girls, a 0.1 in um, bases, and a 0.1 in trans, you know, uh, transitions and whatever, right? So for those of you guys who don't know, the way the execution score works is when they look at your routine, and they see something that kind of bothers them, they're going to take it off of your execution score, right? So uh, we'll use tumbling. If they're looking at your tumbling and they go, oh, man, their synchronization was a little off, they're going to take off 0.1. And they go, oh, their ankles were a little bit apart. They're going to take off 0.1 for body control. And they go, oh, and their landings were kind of sloppy. They're going to take off 0.1 for landings, right? And so that ends up being, you know, 0.1, 0.1, 0.1. They end up taking off 0.3. So let's say you got the minimum score in all of the difficulty scout, not the minimum score, um, you know, uh, pyramid is on a range, 3.5 to 4.0. So let's say you got 3.5, like the lowest score in range, but you did everything else in range, right? So this is a coach who knows what they're doing. They know how to read. They know how to, they put all of the kids in the right sections. They have all the proper amount of athletes and they're doing the proper amount of skills in each section, Right the minimum score you'd get in all of those categories doing, you know, the nest, the, the required amount of jumps and required amount of baskets. And then you took, and then you got a 0.3 in every, in all your technique, or you only took off 0.3 in all of your technique scores. Right. So I got a 3.7 in stunts, a 3.7 in um, tumbling execution, a 3.7 in jump execution, right? 3.7s across the board. And and then, and then you know, and then just the uh, the bare minimums when it came to dance, and the bare minimums when it came to um, routine creativity, right? I gave all bare minimum scores for everything. That team would score an eighty eight point four. No deductions, right? No deductions. They just and they lost. You know, they got point sevens basically in everything in technique. An eighty eight point four. So it's just hard for me to believe that this team would scored an 86 and hit a routine. Now, my guess is that at that 86, that that routine was not executed and that they did not hit, right? They, it was, wasn't executed and they did not hit. And that's why you got an 86. It's not varsity's fault. I wish I could see the routines. I honestly wish I could see the routines. Um, so my advice, be better. Don't blame varsity. All right, keep going. Off my soap, off, off my soapbox. This weekend, we all of a sudden have a legality in our routine. Stop! That <laughs> all of a sudden? You didn't all of a sudden have a legality in your routine. You had a legality in your routine the entire season. You didn't all of a sudden have a legality. And the problem with that is that, and here's actually the real problem with that. 
is you ha- you did have a legality in your routine. If you didn't have a legality in your routine, they would not have called the legality, right? They wouldn't have called the legality. So you had the legality there the whole time, which means previously they weren't calling the legality, which means previously you were getting a favor done for you. Right. So you're saying that your gym is no longer benefiting from this favor you're getting. And we want to get our favors again because you have had a legality in your routine the entire season. Right now, anytime you have a legality in your routine, that is the coach's fault. Ninety percent of the time. Right. It's the coach's fault that you had the legality in your routine. Coaches are in charge of legalities. Now, sometimes kids, you know, they grab it the wrong way, like at that competition. And, you know things happen i hear i've heard of times when um when uh they over like kids overspin like i heard of um i remember seeing something on like asga where you you can't you're not allowed to twist and release to the top in level four right speaking you're not allowed to twist and release to the top in level four right in stunts and like the kids kind of caught it weird and they did a little turn. And so they called them as legality and it wasn't like, we didn't choreograph them to turn. They just turned because they were trying to save the stun or whatever. And so, you know, sometimes, and I guess you could put that on, on the kids if you want, like, Oh, they just didn't perform it the way we're supposed to perform it. But other than that, you know, 90% of the time legalities are on the coaches for not sending in their videos for not, you know, knowing the, um, the rules or whatever. And sometimes, you know, you don't get caught. Sometimes, you know, judges have two minutes and 30 seconds to, and it's not like there's a bunch of legality judges up there. They have one legality judge and that he or she is looking at the entire routine and they're trying to figure out, you know, are things legal or things not legal? And they have, you know, five minutes basically to do that. So they do miss things. And yeah, it frustrates me when I get a legality, um, you know, three competitions in and I'm really thinking it would really been nice to get that legality called our first competition, but you know, it is what it is. It happens, but every single time it happens, it's not the judge's fault for catching my legalities. That's my fault. It's on me as coaches. People just don't like to take blame for anything, but you didn't all of a sudden have a legality. You've had a legality in the routine the entire year. Go ahead, B. Scores are very clearly based on personal relationships and padded pockets. I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever. But with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by TumbleTrack is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by TumbleTrack. Link in the show notes. Guys, I, I, I want to stop everything. I, I, I want to stop everything. What are we talking about right now? Like, what are we talking about right now? You know, it just, I I just feel like people just aren't able to lose a competition and say that team was better than me, right? Like, can't we just say that that team was better than me, right? We have done, in my life, I can say this as a coach, at least. I don't know what happened when I was, you know, on teams. But even when I was on teams, I was on really good teams. But. Are, do we have instances, honestly, do we have instances 
where we looked at the team that won and went, the only way that team beat that team, they must have paid someone off, right? Like, wouldn't we see that and be like, like, wouldn't, like, if we took, like, Youth Black to compete against, you know, TGLC, right? And we're like, how do Youth Black beat TGLC? Like, they, that's like, they must have paid them off. But when, I don't know, TGLC beats Stingray's Steel, I don't go, man, Stingray's must have paid, or, or, you know, TGLC, Top Gun must have paid them off, right? Like, I, is there, like, a real instance where we're like, yeah, man. It was really obvious. Now, sometimes you go, oh, man, I really think that team should have won. But, you know, it, it's the nature of the beast, and that's, like, part of the sport. But there's never a time when I really thought there's no way that that team beat that team. They must have paid someone off. Now, again, I, I, I was trying to make this point earlier. As of, I've done lots of winning as a coach, won NCA numerous amounts of times as a coach. Three different programs, actually. CBU, American, PCM. One Summit, plenty of times. Two different programs, right? I've never paid a judge. I don't know, right? Like, it's the integrity of the sport. I've never, ever even thought about how I even approach paying. And why would you want to pay a judge? I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. It just makes... Like this, oh, you know, they're they're padding these things. You know, I don't know. Like, and we and the gyms that you would think would have the money, who would have the money to do so? It'd be gyms with lots of kids. Uh, I'm not implicating anyone. Guys, don't go saying saying these things. You know, when we go to these competitions, right? When I'm talking about summit NCA, we've won summit in NCA against these big name gyms. And I know for sure I'm not paying off judges. So it's just crazy to me. It, again, it's just really hard for people to say flat out that team was better than me or flat out. I'm just, you know, uh, you know, we're just not good enough to compete against these guys. And, you know, we've got to be better. So anyway, keep going. I'm not sure if I'm going to stop you again, but we'll see. I don't know. There should be more consistency across the board and clearly more judges training. Depending on the region of the competition, you can almost guess who will win. Not by skill, but by gym owners' connections. So stop allowing gym owners to sponsor varsity events behind the scenes, mandate unbiased judging panels, and be consistent. The blatant level of greed and fraud is sickening. Okay, so here's the other thing about judges' panels. Um, they don't – I'll talk about uh, – there's, there's two more things. Uh, scores spiking out of region or scores in different regions and then um, uh, varsity judges. So is what happens is some regions you go to, judges will look at, and this is why it's really hard to use scores. And this is why I tell, I, guys, I've said this forever and I'm saying it again. We should be more concerned with correct placements than with the score actually being correct because when you go to a region let's say we're somewhere and cheerleading is not popping there right it's just in its i don't want to say infancy but it's you know mediocre cheerleading judges will give mediocre scores right 
or you know what you know, and a mediocre score, I guess, is a three seven in stunt technique, right? They're gonna give a three seven because it's kind of mediocre, right? And when we come down Southern California, California, well, not just Southern California, but California in general, a really competitive market. We have really, really good teams here, <clears throat> and everyone's good. And so our three seven is not the same as a three seven in Montana, right? No, no offense to Montana. I'm not sure if we have any Mon- listeners in Montana. Um, but a 3-7 in California isn't a 3-7 in Montana, right? And so if we decide as American Cheer to take our team, right? We take the uh, Junior Blue up to Montana and they've been Montana and they've been scoring uh 3-7s all year. And we get up there and we have a couple Montana teams go and they score a 3-7 and maybe the good Montana team scores a 3-8 and then Junior Blue goes and they go, oh man, this team was really, really good. And I and I actually probably would have given them a 3-8 in California, but or a 3-7 in California, but they are just significantly better than the rest of these teams out here. We've got to give them a 3.9 now because they're just significantly better than everyone else. And so you'll see teams, and the same thing happens with the judges, right? They're used to seeing a certain score or a certain like style of team in a region. And then a team from out of region comes and the scores just spike like that, right? Um, so, you know, we saw it. Now, again, this is my personal opinion, but our the lower levels in California, it's I, I think we are the toughest, the toughest competitors in, in the country as far as lower levels are concerned. Levels one through five, we have the best lower levels in the country. That's just my opinion. Don't be offended. Um uh, like multiple, you know, from all from top to bottom, from all the different gyms that are here in California, right? And so, you know, we saw, you know, Junior Two was a crazy division, and it was crazy when we were at Spirit Sports, and one of the teams in our division, and I don't even know if they won, but they ended up getting like a ninety-nine-five at Cheer Sport, Cheer Sport, um, Cheer Force Simi Valley scored a ninety-nine-five at Cheer Sport. And I really think it's because, one, one, they're used to competing against California teams, right? So the competition is really, really steep. And then they go out of region and they compete against teams that aren't necessarily the level of the, the teams in California. And so they just stand out against those teams. And once the judges already kind of set a bar of where the, the score should be, and then they see this team that's just clearly better than everyone, their score is like super spike. I don't think that Becky paid anyone off so that she could, you know, win. I just think they had, they were just better than everyone, right? Um, now, the other thing was, oh, judges, varsity judges, right? Here's the other thing with with varsity judges. There are... Judges who judge at varsity events who do work at varsity. However, there are lots and lots of judges who do not work for varsity. They're just judging a varsity event. I'm going to say that again. There are lots of judges who judge varsity events who do work for varsity, right? Like they work for varsity. But there are lots and lots and lots of judges who do not work for varsity, they are judges who judge varsity events. And that happens at every competition you go to, right? Uh, I a couple of years ago, 
I got a random text message from a number said, Hey, do you still work for CBU? And I didn't know who it was. I don't know. You know, I just see the number just pops up. I don't know who it is. And I'm like, man, who is this? And I'm like, uh, who is this? And they won't tell me who they are. And so I do this freaking cat and mouse game with them because they won't tell me who they are. And eventually I find out it's Stephanie Amarati, who is um, the scoring director for varsity. Right. <laughs> How am I thinking? I would have been nicer to you if I would have known this was Stephanie originally. So, um, but she, uh, I go, no, I don't work there. I'm not officially on payroll anymore, but I do, I do work with the kids at least once a year still. And I talk to the coaches every day and blah, blah, like, Hey, what's going on? Like, what's up? And she's like, Oh, I was going to have you judge nationals this year, college nationals and NCA college nationals this year. But you're still affiliated with CBU, so never mind. That's that's a true story. Are you affiliated with CBU anymore? Uh, yes, I am. You're not judging. That was a real conversation I had. Owners, directors, coaches, we are in comp season now. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for your big events, I'd love to help out. You send me a video of your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I've done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at Jason Larkins, or you can reach me on Instagram at Jason Larkins or on the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, Let's Talk Cheer podcast. So anyway, I don't know, B, you want to you add on to anything about that? I have heard, uh, not that I think this way, but I have heard people at competitions um, say that or think and say that, you know, the scores are based on, you know, uh, personal relationships. I have heard that before. Um, I've even, you know, randomly heard people talking about it from our gym. I have heard people be like, oh, you know, Jason knows people at varsity, so that's why they score so high. I've heard that. I've I've heard I've heard things, so I I can kind of understand why they would think that. I mean, I don't think that, but I when you don't know, like you just explained a lot, so when you don't know things, it's easy to jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um and as far as like, and, and here's the thing, we all know people at varsity. All of us do the entire world, especially now there might not be with all the big gyms and we'll just stick in California, us, um, Cali cheer force, SCV, um, uh, SC cheer, whoever they already say South Bay divas, everyone, OC all-stars. All of us know people at Varsity. We've been in the industry too long. It's impossible not to have friends at Varsity. They're everywhere, right? We go to all their competitions every single year since forever, right? It's impossible not to know people at Varsity. It's literally impossible. We all have friends, but there's never a time. But we're not, we are not winning because I have friends at Varsity. We're winning because our routines look good. 
right? I get, you know, people ask my opinion. Hey, Jason, I want you to come work with my kids. They're not asking me to work with their kids because they think our teams look bad. They're asking me to work with their kids because they think our routines look good, right? Like, I call up people from other gyms, not because they have connections at varsity, because I think they're good coaches, right? And I don't think there's anyone with a straight face who can look at one of our routines and go, you know, the only reason they're winning is because Jason, you know, has a friend at varsity. The thing is, we all have friends at varsity. All of us do. So I'm not the only person who knows people at varsity. Like the entire world knows people at varsity. Like who doesn't know people at varsity? And I get, maybe you're a brand new gym and you came up, you know, you started doing rec cheerleading and then you, you know, you're doing cheerleading in a park and all of a sudden you saw all-star cheerleading. Now you want to do an all-star gym and, you know, you don't know anyone in the industry. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I get that that person doesn't know anyone at varsity, but you know, every everyone knows, you know, Allie, Allie, this Allie, Allie from CCE, they just won their first NCA championship, right? Allie, you should feel offended. They think you only won because you know people at varsity, right? And it discredits the hard work of those coaches and discredits the hard work of the athletes who, you know, are, are in their blood, sweat, and tears. You, you see how many laps and burpees and reps these kids do at practice, right? And it's not because if I knew kids, if I knew people at varsity, why would we work so hard, right? Like, why would we work so hard? I'm just going, hey, guys, just get out there. Coach got your back. We're going to make it happen. Stop it. Man, stop it. This is ridiculous. I can't. I. I'm just telling you my opinion. I. I, I know I it just doesn't make sense. I know Why it we doesn't. Work so hard. <laughs> that's. It's very true. It, but I. People's minds. I think just like wander sometimes. You know, like people's mind want minds wander because like. You know, we win. I mean, you know, we don't win every competition, but I. I can understand. Um, the last thing I will say about this is. It said, stop allowing gym owners to sponsor varsity events behind the scenes. Is that something that happens? I mean, because I would have never thought about that. I would have never thought like, oh, Jason has a social or like a social gathering with varsity uh, employees to get us brownie points or something like that. I would have never thought that before. So I'm asking you, like, is that something that happens? Do gym owners sponsor events for varsity so they can, you know, get brownie points or something like that? that must be that's above my pay grade right i i've never been invited to one right i mean there's social events i mean i don't know of a gym that sponsors a an event i don't even know what that like when i read that or when you read it i didn't even know like what that actually meant when you said it the way you said it just now like when you paraphrased it yeah there are like parties like infinity has the world's party like Infinity sponsors a party at Worlds, or at least they used to. I'm not sure they still do. I haven't been to Worlds in a couple of years. Um, but Infinity used to sponsor the coaches' party every year. But it's Infinity, right? The shoe company. And you know, sometimes you go to events and they'll have like like last year NCA had a um there's another company there, event producer that's trying to start like new like a new event, you know, new competitions. And so they had a party at NCA. Well, in Dallas, it wasn't at NCA, but in Dallas, and they invited all the coaches to go to it. But again, that was for the coaches 
like it wasn't a varsity thing. It was like, hey, we want to compete against varsity and we're going to have this party so all the coaches can go. So you guys can come to our events, right? There are some parties that happen from varsity competitors. Again, maybe it's just above my pay grade that some, you know, megagym.com is laying like, hey, I'm going to throw you guys a party. And, but the thing is, there's not been a time when I've lost a competition and I felt that the only reason we lost is because something fishy was going on in the background. I've never lost a competition and felt we lost because something fishy was going on in the background. Sometimes I feel like, ah, man, I don't think that team deserved, you know, quite that high of a score. It is what it is. I disagree. Sometimes I feel like, ah, we didn't get, I really wish we would have gotten that score. Like, I don't agree with all the scores. I'm not saying I agree with every single score that judges put out there, but there's never been a time when I personally felt the reason we lost a competition was because something fishy was going on in the background. Again, why would we work so hard? Like, why would, you know, you hear about um, the grueling practices some of these gyms have, right? Why would they work so hard then? Like, if it was already taken care of on the back end, why would you work so hard and make, like, do all these things? Why would we spend so much money? Like, we just brought Brendan in, right, to redo the routines. That cost real money, right? That was real money. That's real money we paid Brendan. Why would we waste money and have him redo routines if it was already taken care of on the back end, you know? Um, why would they bring in, why would they bring it and why would these other big gyms bring in the best choreographers or bring in the best music, you know, people and to do this if it was already taken care of on the back end, you know? So I, I just think, People want excuses when, when their teams just don't win. The other thing I said is here we are again complaining about the score sheet. And we're all as long, as long as there is a team that comes in second place, there's gonna be people who complain about the score sheet. And I've said that for a very long time now. As long as teams continue to get second place, heaven forbid third place or fourth place, there are gonna be people complaining about the score sheet because they refuse to take ownership and accountability for for their their themselves and their routines and their gyms and their athletes and you know all those things so anyway all right well be we've we spent a uh, we have this horse is dead and i am now tired of kicking it so we're gonna take a break and we come back we're gonna get to the question of the week finally sounds good Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners, I need to tell you about the number one all-star cheer conference this summer. I'm going to be speaking at it as a guest speaker, so you already know it's going to be fire. The Next Gen Summer Conference will be in Dallas June 23rd through the 25th. This conference is perfect for everyone in your gym. There will be skills classes for the coaches, leadership and management classes for the directors, and business classes for the owners. Guest instructors will include myself, Jason Larkins, Romel Osuna of World Cup, Adam Forte of Forte Spirit Solutions, and the whole crew from Next Gen. Make sure to head on over to ngconferences.com to register today. And we are back. 
And right now we're going to get into this uh, question of the week. And real quick, before we get into the sounds like that question of the week, I do want to, I want to wrap this up. Guys, my parents did not raise me to make excuses, right? I couldn't have excuses with my parents. It didn't matter what I did. I come up with the greatest excuse. My parents did not let me have excuses. So it's like in my DNA not to make excuses. I just can't do it. I want to make excuses. Believe me, I want to have an excuse just like everyone. I just told this to some kids the other day I was coaching. And they came up to me and they said, well, coach, it's impossible to do this. You can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. And I said, hey, my football coaches tell me this all the time. Excuses are like buttholes. We all got them and they all stink. You know, and so like, just stop making excuses. All right, I'm done. For real. Horse dead. Done kicking it. The sounds like that question of the week is brought to you guys by sounds like that. If you're looking for some hot fire cheer music, guys. Call Sounds Like That. Go to soundslikethat.com. Link in the show notes. Link in the description. They'll hook you up with some fire music. Season's wrapping up. Maybe we should have Casey on the show. Casey, come on the show, man. Let's get you on the show and uh, let's talk about Sounds Like That. And, um, you know, because I'm tired of hearing terrible cheer music. Anyway, um, B, hook us up with the Sounds Like That question of the week. All right. So our question of the week is, in your opinion, which is better? Attending a competition where the divisions and teams are sparse, so guaranteed a win and ability to earn a bid, or attending a competition where the divisions are deep with hard teams to go up against, but you don't guarantee a win and a bid earned? There you go. Great question. What do I think is better attending a competition where there's not a ton of teams there, so you pretty much are guaranteed a win or a bid, or attending competitions where... There's lots of teams and the teams are tough and the divisions are deep and, you know, but it's not guaranteed. So I think one, number one, if I could only choose one of those things, it would be to actually go and compete, right? Competition makes you better. Just having someone else to compete against simply just makes you better as a person makes you better as a coach. It makes the athletes better. Um, the pressure of having to compete against someone makes you rise to the occasion and it builds your character as a person. So, you know, I do CrossFit and I can speak on personal experience right now as, as, as a struggling athlete, right? That when there's someone in my class, right? If there's someone who, if there's just someone in my class, I definitely work harder, right? And, you know, if they are just a flat out better athlete than me, then I'm trying not to let them get too far ahead of me. If they are a comparable athlete to me, then I'm trying to, you know, compete and beat them and have a better score or have a better time or, you know, lift more weight or whatever the case may be. I'm trying to, you know, compete, right? I can feel the the competitiveness come out. And if someone, and I can see, and there's lots of times when I'll get out, let's say I am the best athlete in the class that day. We're doing lifts or workouts that complement my particular skill set. And so I'm able to be the fastest or the strongest person. Let's say, you know, when we do the Metcons, I'm happy to be like the fastest person. If I'm like clearly in the lead, right? Then I 100% slow down, right? I'm clearly in the lead. I won't go as hard as I, I, as I know I would if someone were close to me, right? And so I feel it as 
as an athlete in my little sport that I do at, you know, nine 30 every morning. Um, and so, you know, competing against teams makes you, makes you better. Now that's kind of in uh, the way the question is framed is like, which one is better, but you know, in the reality of trying to put together a competition, um, a competition um, schedule, I don't think there's anything wrong with, team scheduling in a cupcake to either build confidence for their kids to have the teams go out and actually compete on the floor, like in a low pressure environment, or just to get an easy bid. Like if you're trying to go to worlds or summit, no one really cares where you got the bid, especially if you're a team that can compete. Um, you know, you just want to put yourself in position to get a bid. So I remember a couple of years ago, <clears throat> Uh, Visalia, which Visalia is about 45 minutes north of where we are here in Bakersfield. And it's a, you know, it's a small town. It's not a destination city here in California. But there is a competition there. There's a, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a varsity, there's a, a, a summit bid event in Visalia, California. There's not any gyms really close to Visalia. Um, you know, we might be the closest gym to Visalia 45 minutes away. I'm not even sure who else is close. I'm not sure what other D1 programs are anywhere near Visalia. So, and it's not a destination. It's not, you know, there's not like, it's not a destination, you know, place. And so it was a small event. And I remember we went the first year because like, dude, there's a big event in Visalia. We're definitely going. It was so small. I could tell our parents weren't thrilled about it. And so the next year, we put a caveat on it. Hey, our prep teams are definitely going to go to Visalia. And any teams that don't have a bid to summit by this time are going to go to Visalia as well and, you know, pick up some some bids, right? And so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just hard. It's just competitive. It's hard to get bids. Um, it's really hard to get bids to the summit. So... You know, if there's an opportunity to get a bid, I'm not even sure... You know, let's just say senior black, right? Just because senior black didn't get a bid at Spirit Sports or at, you know, GSSA or wherever, doesn't mean they're not good enough to go and compete. There's so many teams, and with so many of these teams paying off judges, how can we get a bid at these places, you know? So, but there's so many teams trying to get um, bids. They only give out like nine bids at these events, and there's like literally hundreds of teams at then. So it's, it's it's hard to get bids, especially with the different things. So I don't mind teams scheduling in a cupcake if there's a one available to go. You should definitely not do your whole season like that. Um, not if you know it's really important for you to be competitive, and if it's important for you to be competitive and compete against the best teams, you know, when you compete against, you know, the best teams, it's a barometer to see where you are. You know, you go to spirit sports or NCA or, you know, these big events, cheer sport, wherever it is to see where you are in the rankings to see how good of a team you are. Right. So anyway, I wouldn't do my whole season, you know, with a bunch of Visalia's, your parents probably wouldn't be too happy, especially if they're elite team. They probably wouldn't be too happy. The kids probably wouldn't be too thrilled when they just go to competitions knowing they're the only ones there. But I, you know, I think one every so often, you know, we used to end the season with one back at um, PCM 
just to get ready for the summit, right? Like, hey, we're gonna make summit changes and we'll have this one just to kind of get the kinks out, you know, and then before we head into the summit. So I think you could use them advantageously. But uh, again, I want you to schedule a season like that. So anyway, B, what you got on that? I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever. But with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by TumbleTrack is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by TumbleTrack. Link in the show notes. I can, I can understand why parents would want to go to a competition where you know you're probably guaranteed to earn a bid if you're a really good team I don't and I when I say guaranteed I don't want to say guaranteed lightly because nothing is guaranteed but I can understand why parents would want to go to a bid event where you know we're a really good team we're a pretty good team we're gonna get a bid here but on the flip side like this is kind of like a quote from, you know, bring it on. Like if you're the best of the best, you compete against the best of the best. And that's the only way that I can like explain it is for me and my daughters, I don't want them to earn a bid from a competition that there was only, you know, a couple teams there. Like I want them to earn a bid Mm -hmm. because they're that good that they earned a bid. Because what's going to happen is if you're earning a bid for Summit, everybody knows how crazy expensive Summit is. I haven't even went, and I know how crazy Mm -hmm. expensive it is. So you're going to spend all this money, you know, if you're here in California, traveling, you know, across the country, and you spend all this money to what, place 10th? Um, You know, Mm -hmm. usually, like, you go to these competitions because you want to, you want to win, right? Nobody goes into anything. Yeah wanting to lose so if you go to a competition where there's really good teams and you know you don't know if you're going to get a bid or not but you come out on top and you get a bid well you competed against some of these best of the best teams so when you go to summit you've already competed against them you've already beat them before things change i understand that but i just feel like you have a better chance of winning and you know what your competition is going to be me personally, like, I don't want yeah, to go across the know. country to, you know, compete against all these amazing teams when my team's just mediocre. Yeah. You know, the hard part about bids, here's the real hard part about bids, is that you're competing against the rest of the competition. You're not just competing within your division. You're competing against the rest of the competition. And I'm not sure the the scores are comparable division to division right that's the hard part about bids is that the scores aren't necessarily comparable because sometimes there's just a high scoring division i remember way back in the day we hadn't gotten a paid bid with like our level four team and so we go to usa nationals we're like okay there's our chance to get a paid bid with with our level four team and the level four all the level fours were super low they're all scoring and at the time it was low for the competition. This would be a low score now, but they're all scoring like 93s. 
that was just low for the, that was a decent score at the time, but it was low for the competition. They're all scoring 93s, all the level fours from, you know, you know, juniors to seniors, co-ed, everyone's scoring in the 93s. Like all the best teams are scoring in the 93s. Meanwhile, the level twos are all scoring in the 96s, right? And it's not that I think every level two was better than all the level fours. It's just that that scoring panel was just scoring them low. And so sometimes you get, so that happens a lot where that panel is just scoring everyone low. Not that the, not that the level, and not that the level fours were out of order. Like, let's say all of those, like everyone won who was supposed to, to win, but they, those scores just don't cross over to compete against all the level twos, right? And so that's the hard part about bids is sometimes your panel just isn't scoring high enough to compete against the other levels for whatever reason. So that happens a lot. And so when that happens, it's hard. Like That's why summit bids are really, really hard because there's so much that is out of your control when it comes to getting a bid. Now I'll tell a different story. Um, this is actually the next year after that. We had a level four team. These at PCM, Angels, and we didn't get the bid at the first few events. We didn't get a at large bid at our first few events. And SCV, they were the the defending summit champions. They hadn't gotten a bid at their first few events, right? And we're competing against them all season long. We have two bid events left. Both of us have two bid events left. We have NCA All-Star Nationals, and we have USA Nationals, right? And look, when you put together your competition schedule, you don't really count NCA as like a bid event, right? You're like, they give out bid, especially at the time. Now, if you win, it's an automatic bid to the summit. But back then, it wasn't an automatic bid, even if you won. And so it's already hard enough to win a win at NCA, let alone get a, or win at NCA, let alone get a bid there. So I'm thinking, dude, us and SCV, neither one of us have a bid yet. We're both going to go to NCA. It's not very likely that either one of us get it there. There's just, there's literally thousands of teams or not thousands. There's a, a thousand plus teams And there's nine bids, right, that they're going to give out there, right? So it's just very unlikely that you get a bid there. And then we're both going to go to USA Nationals, and only one of us is going to be able to to get a bid there, right? The way the scores are set up, the way the the bid declaration was set up, only one of us is going to be able to get a bid at USA. Now, I remember thinking, one of us isn't going to Summit this year, It you know, either we're not. And they were the defending Summit champions. Now, luckily for all of us, we were on a high-scoring panel at NCA. We ended up scoring like a 98 that year at NCA, and it just obliterated everyone else's scores. So we won NCA that year. We were the best team in the division, but we still had a high – we had a very high score. We had a very inflated score. Um, So real quick. We had a 98 at NCA that year. And at Summit, we had a 94, right? And this is way back in the day, right? And so that was like perfectly normal. But like, just to say, we had really inflated score NCA. And it wasn't because we paid off judges. We were just hands down better than everyone. But we had a high scoring panel. We score a 98. We get a paid bid. 
Now, because we got the paid bid, it left up a bid at USA Nationals, which SCV had gotten. If we wouldn't have gotten that paid bid at NCA, then one of us wasn't going to go to Summit. So I say all that to say there, there are times throughout the season when it's really hard just because of the way things play out for teams to get bids. And it's not because the team isn't deserving. It's just because of the way scores play out um and panels play out because you have to have you have to have the right routine at the right time with the right panel on your side and sometimes you just don't get the panel on your side you know um and so again i don't mind i don't mind that teams if they want to strategically put, if you have a good team and you want to strategically put, and there's not a ton of those like cupcake events left in the industry. It's not like there's a ton of them left. Maybe there are. There aren't any in California left anymore. Like every bid event here now is a real, you know, you got to go and compete and earn it. But I'm guessing there are there probably are some pockets in the country that still have like pretty easy events where there aren't a lot of people, but they have bid events there. But um you know, well, I guess wildcard bids are still a thing. So I don't know. But you just need a ticket. You just need a ticket to the dance and then you make it happen. So I don't know. And you get that ticket by paying off judges, right? <laughs> That's how you do it, baby. That's how you do it. <laughs> Crazy. It's just wild to me. Guys, there's, you know, I don't know. When I look at our routines, our winning routines, I look at him and go, yeah, we deserve to win that year, right? Like I look at him and go, and when you look at some of these routines, you go, yeah, they were really good. They deserved it. Like, I don't know. Can we name a routine where we really felt that that team did not have any business? Again, now you can, you can split hairs between senior elite and Panthers and go, well, you know, I personally thought Panthers routine was better than senior elite, or I personally thought, you know, this team was better than them. But has there ever been a time when we really looked at a team and we were like, really that team won of all the teams in the division, it was that team. So I don't know. I, this is actually a very true story. <laughs> I had a guy, I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say his name. I should say his name, though. This is so true. We had a choreographer. He came in. This is not Brendan. This is back at PCF. We had a choreographer come in. He did our dance, right? He did our dance. He gave us a dance. He was like, oh, oh, yeah, right? He loved it. He thought it was, he thought it was the bee's knees. He, he was a choreographer, and he hosted competitions, right? So he went to his competition. He was judging the event. <laughs> he judged our dance. He gave us an 8-7. What are we talking about, man? This is your dance. You choreographed the dance. You gave us an 8-7? <laughs> I called him out on it, too. I was like, hey, man, what's up with this score? He's like, yeah, looking back, it could have moved more. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> So, yeah. 
Does that really happen? That's a true story. A hundred percent true story. I'm like an eight, seven homie. So, you know, um, if there's a time for a judge to be biased, it was right there. Ali's have a relationship with the guy. <laughs> it was his dance, his work. It could have been like, hey, that dance is a 10, right? No, 8-7. So, anyway, we've talked long enough, B. I had a... Oh, no. We got to get to your questions. I was going to... Okay. We're, you know, we've talked, but we got to get to your questions, B. So, episode 99, I, you know, I went introspective and talked about you know life on the podcast but it was a it was old school solo episode so i answered a few of those questions so the people want to hear from you b so b how do we decide on topics and themes for each episode and what factors influence those decisions Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next Next Gen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. So topics um, for the podcast. Usually, like, you pretty much decide, like, the main topics we're going to talk about. You're a little bit more, like, detailed with everything than I am. You kind of, like, have it lined out. Um, but, you know, if I see something, like, on the parents' pages or if I'm at a competition, like I'll like shoot you a text and be like, Hey, we need to talk about this on the podcast. Um, most of the time it's just, you know, like really you deciding what we want to talk about. And I feel like I just kind of like throw my two cents in every now and then. Um, you know, there's been times I feel like that I've sent you like quite a few things with like parents and you're like, eh, I don't want to talk about that. That, I, that hasn't happened very often. Um, but, you know, you'll be like, oh, let's save this for, you know, next episode because I kind of have something that, like, ties into that um, that type of thing. So I think it's just, like, random, kind of, like, throw it up in the air type things most of the time. And I, you got to give yourself more credit because you text me, you know, it's like every competition. You're like, this just happened. We need to talk about this. And I'm like, okay. And <laughs> what's funny is when you called me. After jams, or when you text me about jams, you're like, Jason, why isn't the jams award ceremony as good here as it is there? And I'm like, what do you mean? And like, you went off about it. And I was like, no, they do that at all-star nationals, B. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you must not ever be there for it. Cause you, your kids could be earlier, but that was so funny. So you get, you know, there's things when you're like, Jason, we're talking about this, uh, but yeah, yeah, you said some, you do said some really good things that we should talk about. You like, yeah, we've gotten a good like wavelength and you've been like, hey, I think we should talk about like this one that you brought up, the crazy mama cheer. You knew it was going to rile me up. You're like, let's do yeah. this. So I'm like, <laughs> ah, get my blood boiling. Oh. <laughs> She's gaslighting me, people. <laughs> okay, I guess it's more of a balance. the person who wrote it. <laughs> you wrote that comment. You put on incognito. I'm like, yo, we're going to get Jason all riled up on this one. <laughs> I guess I didn't really realize that I like 
sin things too. I forgot about the jams thing. That jams ones really had me riled up. And I'm like thinking in my head, like, I don't know what Jason has going on right now, but I am like blowing him up right now yeah. because I, yeah, you're right. I, my kids just compete earlier in the day. So that one was, that one was a good yeah. one. Real quick. In case I didn't, I didn't really explain it well. Brittany's kids are on the local middle school team, RMS, and they competed at jams nationals, right? She also had kids in our program. We compete at jams, all-star nationals. And jams, I've said it for years. Hey, jams is the best award ceremony in the business. But apparently B has never actually been to the big award ceremony I've always talked about on the podcast. And so when she goes to the middle school award ceremony, she sees this big event, like this big spectacle that it is. It's like, why don't we get this at All-Star Nationals? And as she's texting me, I'm thinking, she said, why don't, why aren't the award ceremonies the same? So I'm like, she's like, no, it's way better at, at middle school nationals. And I'm thinking to myself, they put on an even bigger show at middle school nationals than they do at all-star nationals. I'm like blown away. I'm like, I can't even, I can't even fathom that they would, how it could be an even bigger spectacle than that. And yeah, you sent me the video and I was like, Oh no, that's what they do at all-star nationals too. I guess you're just never there. Like it never occurred to me that you wouldn't have all these years. You have still not have seen like the regular all-star nationals one. So anyway, all right. Um, so B for you, the feedback. I know this is <laughs> this has been a funny one. Uh, what kind of feedback have you received from listeners, and how do you take that feedback into account when producing future episodes? Well, for the listeners, if you've been with us a while, um, Jason created a like review thing, and you can like, you know. He's got like a bunch of questions on there. You can rate things. He's got, a, you know, questions about like, what could we do better? You know, what do you like about the show? Question, all that stuff. So he sends me the link and I start like, I'm like, oh, I want to see, you know, because he does all like the behind the scenes things and he sends me the link and I'm like reading it. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I can't even remember because it was so long ago, like what was said, but I like, really took it to heart when I shouldn't have. Um, maybe I should have. I don't know. But I feel like everybody receives feedback differently. And everybody's opinions are different. So, you know, I could think a white car looks awesome and someone could think it doesn't. I That's probably not a good scenario. Um, but I feel like opinions are learning curves. Like sometimes you can take someone's opinion and learn from it. And sometimes you can take someone's opinion and just be like, yeah, well, that's your opinion. Keep it in your lane, you know? Um, mm. So you can either grow from it or you can throw it out the window. Uh, I don't really listen or look at those things anymore because I feel like they're going to make me mad. Um, and honestly, like I have fun doing the podcast and there's quite a few of you that have like reached out to me and, all the vibes are very positive. And so that's what I appreciate the most. Um, mm -hmm. I guess I just like now don't really like listen to other people's opinion. Um, I just kind of like do my thing. Like I am who I am. You know, sometimes I make a mockery of myself and sometimes I don't, I guess. Um, You're killing it. Babe. So that's just for me. That's just for me. Like I, I just, 
Unless it's a good opinion, I'm just like, whatever about it. <laughs> right? <clears throat> now, you know, I saw something on Twitter one time. <clears throat> it said something like, when people talk bad about you, you don't have to believe them. And I'm like, man, that's such a good quote. Like, it's such a good quote. Like, if people say something bad about you, you don't have to believe them. And, yeah, I just I just love it. So, I, yeah, I remember we did those surveys. And I heard you just text me one day. And you're like, I'm going to stop reading these. <laughs> and I was like, okay, P. So, that, that's yeah. my life as a cheer director. You know, that's my life every day. I get, you know, people mad at me for something I, I did. So, all right, here we go. Um, what goals, but I will say this, B, you're killing it. Let's go. This show is not this show without B more. There, let's go. Stop playing with me right now. Um, last question, and then we'll wrap up and get out of here. Uh, what are your goals for the podcast moving forward? And how do you plan to continue growing and evolving the show? I would say that my goals for the podcast would, um, to get it out to more parents would be to get the podcast out to more parents. Um, I really would like to get the podcast out to more involved cheer dads. I mean, you Mm -hmm. go to all these competitions and you see all these cheer dads and some of them are involved. Some of them aren't. I don't know who is involved and who isn't. Um. But I think there's a lot for cheer dads to learn about this podcast, especially cheer dads that are heavily involved because we, even at our gym, like I can just think of one off the top of my head, one dad that, you know, he's taking his daughters to all the competitions and he's the one that braids her hair and used to help do her makeup and things like that. So this pot and I know he actually listens to this podcast so I think this podcast could help a lot of dads um I mean even like my husband you know he we were at dinner last night with my family and we were talking about cheer and it was kind of cool to hear him talk about the competitions mm-hmm. um so to get the the podcast out to more cheer dads that'd be like awesome um and I think just like growing and evolving the show happens over time. Um, you know, back in some of the earlier episodes, I probably said things that now I'm like, I would never say that again. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, we've recorded and after we're done recording, I'm like, why did I even go off on that tangent? Um, <laughs> but I think like the growing and evolving happens over time. You know, you learn and you live and those type of things just yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like just growing and evolving, I feel like happens over yeah. time. Um, and then hearing people's opinions, um, kind of like it helps change, change my thought process sometimes on things. Um, cause we all think differently. So there's a lot that people can learn about this podcast and, you know, not even like not all episodes, like with me, like episodes when you have like the guests on and things like that, I think, that can help parents too. So yeah, that's probably it for me. There we go. B, we're going to keep doing our thing. You know, it's fun. It's been fun, B. Dude, a hundred episodes. It's been a blast. You've been a huge part of it. It has, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's cool to get on once a week and we just, you know, we sit here and talk to each other and we laugh and we do whatever. It's cool that people, um, have decided to like join us, in our 
in our journey, you know, where we're just like, you know, just two people talking about cheerleading all day. And yeah, yeah so it's been fun. Um, so yeah, hopefully parents are learning. Hopefully coaches are learning. Hopefully you guys are staying entertained and, you know, share it with a cheer dad. And guys, last time I've never paid off anyone. Five, six, seven, eight. We're out. We're out. <laughs> Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners, although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom Podcast is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer Podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.